Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living For Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living For Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living For Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep things simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. Because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world, and the easier it is to live more simply. So before we start today, I'm going to give this podcast uh, episode today a title of 20 Ways to Simplify Your Life, starting right now. Um, Some more practical tips than usual. I feel like the past few weeks on the podcast have been um, more deep. Well, last week I told the story of our daughter um, and her college decision, and that was really special and dear to my heart. And the week before that was um, getting your spiritual house in order. And I've gotten a lot, a lot of feedback on that episode, so I'm grateful for that. So today we're not going to go nearly as deep, I feel like, as we have in the past few episodes, but I wanted to give a little bit more um, practical tips. And I don't do that often because I feel like there are so many um, writers and bloggers and podcasters who tell you how to do things and practical things and this and that. So you know me, I'm all about getting to the heart and pointing you to Jesus. So even though these are a little bit more on the practical side, you will always see the theme running throughout that the remedy for clutter and chaos and um, simplifying our lives is truly Jesus. So we're going to get to those 20 things in just a moment. Before I start, I do want to thank my podcast sponsor, Apologia. Apologia is a Christian publishing company. They have amazing homeschool curriculum. We have used their science for our entire homeschooling career. Um, We're also using their high school level health and nutrition curriculum this year, which I highly, highly recommend. It's fabulous. Um, And they also have other resources, whether you're a homeschooling family or just looking for some good Christian resources. Check them out at apologia.com. So as I said today, we are going to talk about 20 ways to simplify your life starting right now, right? There's going to be a whole gamut of different things that I'm going to talk about in here. Actually, I'm basing this on a blog post that I wrote back several years ago. And you know, these same principles hold true today as when I wrote it. But I was sort of going through the blog and came across these and I thought, hey, this would be really something cool to share on the podcast. So um, let's talk about what does it even mean to live simply? You know, simply is uh, simplifying is such a buzzword these days. Minimalism is another buzzword and trendy word. But to me, simplifying is so much more than just a buzzword. You know, it's so much more than just getting rid of stuff and organizing and decluttering. And you guys have heard me say that over and over again on this podcast. It's really, though, about understanding the heart behind why we have so much clutter. For many of us, there's emotional reasons behind it. I shared on a podcast maybe a year or two ago about... um, the emotional aspect of clutter. So I'll link to that one in the archives, you know, but there's really um, something to be said to be learning the heart behind why we have so much. You know, are we trying to fill fill a void in our lives with, you know, so much? Maybe you just have a lot of people in your house. (laughs) That's why you have so much stuff. Because I know some of you out there have like 
large families, you know, 10 kids. So you're going to have a lot of stuff. That might be another reason. Um, you know, is it because you feel like you're just not organized or you can't part with things or are you constantly bringing things in the house but not letting go of things? You know, what is your reason for having so much stuff? Um, so it's always to me getting to the heart of the matter. You know, as a society, we have bought into the lie that the more stuff we have, the happier we'll be, which is, you know, a complete lie. That's not true. We don't need stuff to make us happy. Jesus is enough. Um, you know, our society tells us that the more we work and the more we hustle and the more we attain, we're going to be happier. And you know what usually happens? We find a society that's even more discontent. I mean, look at our society. We have everything in the world at our fingertips to make life easy. We have access to really anything we want these days. And yet we're still discontent. It's like we're still running around busy and trying to attain more. And we're finding ourselves even more dissatisfied. Our houses are full, but our hearts are empty. Why is that? You know, I have totally learned over the years that stuff does not make me happy long term. It makes me happy while I'm standing in home goods. And it feels good to buy those things that I think are going to be like life changing, you know. <laughs> I'm going to have the perfect decor and life's going to be good. And you know what? There's nothing, those things might be fun to buy or enjoyable, but in the grand scheme of things, they do not satisfy our hearts. So before we even begin to simplify, we have to address those things. We have to address the fact that stuff does not equal happiness, that things do not satisfy us. We are truly filled once we have Jesus. Everything else is just extra, right? The real and true satisfaction comes from knowing our creator and our purpose. And for all of us, our purpose is to know him and make him known, right? There is nothing that satisfies my heart more than when I am reading his word, when I'm having a really good day, you know, studying the Bible. Lately, I've been using my keyword study Bible and the um, blue letter Bible app. And I've just been really digging into like understanding like word meanings and cross references and commentaries. And it's so fulfilling. Like, trust me, reading in my Bible and learning all this, um, all these studies and things like that are so much more fulfilling to me than scrolling through Facebook or scrolling through Instagram, right? And so I don't know why it is that our society chooses to do the latter. <laughs> we choose to spend so much time filling our minds and our homes with stuff that we are forgetting that we can be so fulfilled with God. He is the one that wants to fill us. When we are filled up with his truth, there really isn't that desire then to go fill up on worldly things. And so when we talk about simplifying, it is so much more the material stuff. It's all about your mindset. Are you truly wanting to live out your purpose in life, to know him and make him known? If you have Jesus and nothing else, are you okay with that? That is to me really the root of simplifying. So keep that in mind while I start to go through this list of 20 ways that you can simplify your life right 
now. So let me give you the first one. The first one is get outside. Yep, right now. Put away the computer or this podcast. You can bring this podcast outside with you. No, (laughs) I'm serious. When you're done listening to this, if you have the opportunity, get outside. Put away the computer, the book, the phone, whatever it is taking up your time. Every single day, you should take some time to get outside. Now, I know in the winter, it's really hard. And for me, especially, I find that once I get outside and I just get that sunshine on me, it is like medicine. And you know what it is? It's God's medicine. God has created us, I feel, to connect with him in the outdoors sometimes. And so just yesterday, in fact, I did this. I was sort of feeling, eh, I was having kind of an eh day. Things were just, eh. <laughs> Boy, was I vague there, right? Everything was eh. But really, I was having this day, and I just, I needed, like, to get out of myself. I needed to get, like, to fold the lap cl- ugh, the laptop and close it down, you know, put my phone away, and... Um, just to get out of my own head, really. And I just took a walk outside. It was kind of chilly, but warm enough to be outside for me. And uh, because you all know I hate being in the cold. But I put on my coat and I went and I sat by my stream. We have a little stream back on our property that I just love sitting there and listening to the sound of that little stream. It is so peaceful and relaxing. And I just took some time. I had like no agenda. Just go outside and just sit and just like empty my brain. And automatically, like half of the distractions in my brain were just gone, right? I just took some time to just get outside and listen to nature and think clearly without, you know, electronics in front of me. Um, And it was just so wonderful. So when you get outside, you know, just notice the sounds, feel the air on your skin, notice the things that we often take for granted, you know, how the birds interact around you. Oh my goodness. Nature is like God talking to us all the time. I've been observing lately the different things in nature, the birds, how, you know, I'm like, spring's coming. It's coming early because we have these birds that at the same time every morning and every night, they're like swarming, you know, and I, I don't know if they're coming back from the south, but I sure hope so. And so, you know, you just start taking some time to notice these things, to notice the simplicity of creation yet it's so intricate at the same time god has created this beautiful creation around us and it's shouting his name it's showing his glory all the time and yet we're so busy that we don't take time to stop and notice i encourage you get outside if you live in the country if you don't live in the country it doesn't matter There is nature wherever you are. The sun is shining. The trees are there. Get outside and take some time to notice your creator. And honestly, after just like 20 minutes outside in the sunshine and noticing the beauty around you, the simplicity of it all, it fills you up. It's inspiring. It's like you don't even want to go back in and start filling up your mind with all that junk again. Just take some time to disconnect and get outside to connect with your creator. All right, number two, I'm going to say ways to simplify right now is to choose and meditate on a verse. Pick one Bible verse and just focus on it. Just that one verse. Close your eyes and focus on his word. Fill your mind with his thoughts to replace the worldly thoughts. Now, I would say um, Second John, uh, is it uh, 
second john 2 15 to 17 it starts out do not love the world or the things of this world and it talks about how the things of this world are passing away um and the pride of life and all these things get in our way. Um, I would encourage you, that's a really good one to meditate on. Or Philippians 4, eight, which tells us right there what we should fill our minds with. Things that are lovely and pure and praiseworthy and excellent and good. And, um, you know, those are the things we should be filling our minds with. Those are two verses that I, I would say, if you don't know where to start, are good ones just to meditate on. Because they literally talk about, you know, um, what your focus is. But you can pick any verse and just like, you know, you don't have to like read through all of Romans or do a big Bible study. Just pick a verse and meditate on it because then you're intentionally connecting with God. God is the author of those words. Like, I think sometimes we take the Bible for granted. We're just like, oh, the Bible, you know, we study it, we journal it, we write about it, we do this, we do that. Like, sit and really think to yourself, these words were breathed from God and they are in my mind right now how blessed am I to be able to connect with my creator in that way and when you stop everything and you just start meditating on his word and you fill your mind with truth there is less room for the noise of this world, for the things that are causing you to feel like you can't live simply, for the things that are distracting you. When you fill your mind with God's truth, you leave less and less room for clutter. So I encourage you, do that. You can do that right now. You can do that every single day. Make it a point to just pick one verse and meditate on it. If you need help with that at Simply Living for Him, every single day on the blog, there is a um, Bible verse of the day. I pick the verse for you. Maybe you don't want to pick a verse. There's a verse right there. You can meditate on it. You can think about what is this verse telling me about God. Um, I, I love to do that. You look at the verse and you say, what is this teaching me about God? You know, so often many of us look at a verse and say, hmm, what is this teaching me about me? And, you know, how does this apply to my life right now? And while all those things are good, really, I like to say, what is this verse teaching me about God? Because if you know him more, then you're able to know yourself more. See, sometimes we get it backwards. It's like we're trying to, like, uh, you know, find ourself in there. And really when you find God is when you find yourself or you're trying to apply it to your life. You know, how does this apply to me? And and th that's a good thing to do. But the more you know God, then you will be able to apply his word and his truth to your life. I hope that makes sense. So um, you can go over to the blog. You can find a verse every single day. There's also a free printable on there, a journal page, if you want to print that out and use that to to help you in your journaling time or your quiet time with the Lord. All right, number three in our top ways that you can simplify right now. All right, do this for you can do this right now, wherever you are while you're listening to the podcast. Actually, if you're driving in the car, don't do it. Because <laughs> some of you tell me you listen while you're driving in the car. But if you are in a room and you're not in a moving vehicle, um, look around the room right now, wherever you are. And notice how much of the stuff in that room you will take with you to eternity. None of it, right? I'm looking around my room right now, things that I love. I'm actually recording this from my little cubbyhole office in my my room, my bedroom. And um, so I'm looking, okay, I see some school books not coming with me, praise the Lord. <laughs> Just kidding. But um, 
you know, I see my bed, which I absolutely love because I love my naps and I love to sleep. I shouldn't say naps. I don't nap often, but I do love to sleep and I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm looking around at, um, let's see, just some, you know, random books and things on my desk and papers. None of this is coming with me. However, if I look around and I say those school books belong to a child who I'm building a relationship with, that affects eternity. Um, you know, so there are certain things that you can look at in that way. But if you look at every single thing, physical thing, realize that none of it is coming with you to eternity. So if I was like sitting downstairs in my house right now, I look around, I say, oh, I see that little pretty picture I bought at Home Goods or that little, you know, decoration. Who cares, right? It prettied up my life while I was here, but it has nothing to do with eternal. So it's important to look around and remember the eternal perspective. You know, I've talked about this, especially two weeks ago on the podcast. I talked about this a lot. You know, God doesn't care what color paint we have on our walls, which we'll spend in our society hours and hours and weeks deciding on the perfect paint color. He cares what goes on in that room, in those four walls, you know? So we have to really focus on the eternal perspective. So notice, look around your room and really say to yourself, how much of this matters for eternity? And am I getting wrapped up in the things of this world that I can't take with me? I've told that story before. My grandma, um, she was one of my best friends. I was very close with my grandma. And um, she had, I remember, always would say to me, uh, in her later years, she would always give me things like when she was sort of cleaning out as I guess she knew she was getting towards her older years, she would always come to me with we lived in the same home. So she would, she lived upstairs. Um, so she would come to me and say, here's some bowls. Here's, you know, some flower vases or whatever it was little knickknack things. And she'd say, I want to give this to you. So someday you'll have it because you know, I'm not going to take it with me. She would always say that. And I always think of her when, you know, when I look at stuff, it's so true. So don't get wrapped up in all the stuff. All right. Next thing. Number four, here's something to help you simplify right now. So if you're again at home, you can do this right now while you're listening, go to your closet and decide to keep only the things you will wear this year. Giving away things is always a blessing. So give away things if you think you're not going to wear them. You know, some of, I don't, I don't really have a problem with like my closet overflowing. I know some people, um, clutter, um, takes form in clothes and shoes. That is not me. I've got my two boots for the winter, the high boots and the low boots. You know, my summer is flip-flops. I am not one of those girls who has like shoes upon shoes at all. But I know for some of us, that is an issue. And again, can't take it with you. What is the eternal perspective? Are you spending too much time shopping for these things? Too much money that maybe you don't have? Or just too much energy on how things look, right? Again, are we focused so much on the outside? Now, I am right there with you. I like to look nice. I like to dress up, you know, when I go to church or when I'm at a speaking event. Um, then during regular time during the week, I usually... And like in my, you know, comfy clothes, my kids call it messy ma. They actually like that better. They told me they like when I have a messy bun and no ba- makeup rather than when I'm dressed up. In fact, this morning 
I put on my new sweatshirt. I, I posted it on Instagram because I love it so much. It's my yellow sweatshirt, and it says "Be ama- Stay Amazed." And I did my hair and my makeup because I think it's important to, you know, even if we're not going anywhere to look decent. And my son walks in and he's like, "Where are we going? Why are you all dressed up?" I'm like, "I'm not. <laughs> I just did my hair and makeup." But anyway. So I'm not one that has like a closet overflowing that I have to like purge my closet and give stuff away. But, you know, I know some people out there do struggle with that. And they are just finding themselves focused more on, you know, having the perfect clothes and outfits and all that stuff. So just like I told you to look around your room, do the same thing in your closet. Go to your closet and decide what you really need. Because I do know that a full closet can be very stressful for many people. For instance, when my kids were younger, we always got a ton of hand-me-downs. And the closets were always overflowing with like all these clothes. And the closets became a mess because there was like clothes everywhere. And I realized, especially for my boys, they were literally wearing like the same three outfits every week. You know, they wear like their t-shirts, their sweats, and that's it. And and then like the same one nice outfit every Sunday. Yeah, we're those people that I don't care if my kids wear the same outfit to church every Sunday. They have like the one nice outfit they wear on Sunday. <laughs> it's very little house on the prairie of us. <laughs> But anyway, um, I remember at one point just saying, you know what, we're cleaning out the closets. I, I, I'm grateful for all these hand-me-downs, but they're just stressing me out and no one's wearing them and they're just taking up room in the closet and everything's a mess all the time. Let's just put the outfits that we wear. So really the boys, it was like, pick your five outfits, hang them up, your one nice outfit, hang it up, and then maybe a few extras. And that's it. That is freeing like you wouldn't believe. Cycle through those outfits, do the wash at the end of the week, and you're done. You don't need all that extra stuff, especially if you're a mom of a lot of little kids. I remember feeling so stressed out when I opened the closet or the dressers or whatever it is. So I would encourage you to do that. Get rid of things that um, you don't need and just keep the minimal amount of clothes. All right, same thing with your child's toys. This will be number five. Go through your child's toys and work with them. The same thing to give away what is not being used um, and stop bringing in so much, I would say as well. Because I have found, I mean, my youngest, he hardly had any toys. We were laughing about this the other day. We were like, oh my goodness, you know, when the first, when I had my first few they had more toys. And then by the time we got to the fourth, it was like we were living here on our little hobby farm and playing outside. Who needs toys, right? So he hasn't had nearly as many toys and he is really the most content kid there ever was. He is so happy just to be outside with his chickens and his goats and, um, you know, to play in the woods or to just play outside. And so we were just talking the other day and my kids were reminiscing about when they were little. And I was like, remember that toy box we had that was over, always overflowing and everything in it was broken and you couldn't find anything like what was the point you know and so it's so true what they say the kids need very minimal toys I am a huge proponent of very minimal toys because they really will um, thrive if given the opportunity to learn independently without all these toys you know I always said too when they were little like why do we have the play kitchen and the play stuff when they could easily come in the kitchen with me while I was cooking and I'd give them a pot and pan and they'd 
be just as happy, you know? So I would encourage you to, especially if you're a mom of little ones and you're stressed and you're feeling like you need to simplify, number one way to simplify with little kids is get rid of all the junk. Really, really, I promise you, you will be okay. Your kids will thrive without all that extra clutter and you will be happier for it because you're not constantly trying to maintain it and clean it up. You know, I see these pictures online of people, they post their playrooms and I'm just like, what on earth? They're filled to the brim and they're either like those ones that are just a disaster mess because they can't keep them clean or they're just filled to the brim with stuff. And I feel like as a child, that's overwhelming. There's just so much stuff that it's probably almost overwhelming, you know, like they don't need to have every single thing that is available out there just because culture tells us so. I remember specifically, I was in a mom's club when my kids were really small, when they were infants and toddlers. And um, I remember specifically going to a Christmas function one year. And we were talking about, you know, what we were going to be getting our children for Christmas that year. And granted, they were like two years old. And um, I specifically remember one of the moms, this always stuck with me. And this was like around the time when I was really starting to focus on living more simply. And I was just like, oh my gosh, enough. Because I remember this mom was saying, well, you know, now that my daughter is turning two, there's a lot of things she really needs for Christmas. And so you think like, okay, they really need, okay, diapers and wipes and food. And (laughs) she's like, no, there's a lot of things like she really needs this year. And she needs a kitchen and a leap frog and and she just went on to list like all the American Girl doll whatever it was like all the things that her daughter needed and she was saying it like really like these are the things she needs and I just remember thinking those are not the things a two-year-old needs right and um that always stuck with me because that's really how our society is. It's like, these are the things that the commercials and the ads tell you that a two-year-old needs. But trust me, those are not the things a two-year-old needs. I think a lot of our problems with clutter and chaos and trying to live more simply and all that is we're listening to the world and we're not listening to God. Like It's so freeing to get back to the basics, to not listen to the consumerism society, to not listen to all you know what everybody else is doing, just to live a simple life focused on God's word you know, focused on relationships in your home, having like just, you know, what you need and not constantly filling up on stuff. It's so freeing. So, okay. So that would be what I would say about your children's toys. Another thing right now you can do to live more simply right now is go declutter a room. It can just be one room. Do not try to go declutter your entire house. Do not try and go declutter your entire basement or your entire attic or your entire garage or whatever it is, just pick one room, your child's room, your playroom, your kitchen. It might even take you, depending on how cluttered it is, a week to do it, right? A little bit at a time, but just start small. Don't get sidetracked and go to another room because this is what used to happen to me. I would be like, okay, I'm going to clean today. I'm going to declutter. I'm going to, you know, organize and I'm going to start. And I would start in one room and then quickly find something that belonged in another room. And when I went into that room, then I would get sidetracked and I, you know, all of a sudden I'm all over the house and the first room never even got finished. So make yourself intentionally just stick to that one room. Seriously, if you come across something that needs to be brought into another room, just put it in a pile. 
don't leave the room. <laughs> because once you leave the room, you're going to get distracted. So pick that one room and do it well. One room a day and do it well. Another tip, okay, one, our number seven we're on now, is turn off the noise. Choose to take a fast from the internet for a day or it could even be longer. I remember doing this a while ago. I, I did it, I don't know how long, but I deactivated Facebook for a long time. And it's amazing what you remember about yourself when all of a sudden you're just alone with yourself, right? It's like, oh, I don't have all those voices clamoring for my attention anymore. I have so much time for the things I say I don't have time. I can clearly think now. You know, you don't realize how much mental overload weighs you down until you take a fast from it. And then when your fast is over, so like I said, you could choose for a day or you could do, you know, what's really, I think, helpful is to choose like a day of the week, like every Sunday, no internet or every Wednesday or whatever it is. Um, but then if you choose to do it for a set period of time, like I'm going to take, you know, a month off or a week off or a day off, when it's over, it doesn't mean go back and binge on the internet. It means now set strict limits so you don't fall back into old habits. You know, it could be that you only go on the internet at lunchtime or after your kids are in bed at night, or you give yourself an hour in the morning or whatever it is, but make it intentional that you're not constantly checking and scrolling throughout the day because you don't realize how much that eats up your time and your day and your mental health. Really, we get so bogged down. I've said this before, you know, imagine you had during the day um, a, a friend from childhood, a friend from high school, an acquaintance you used to work with, you know, your friend from church and your husband, right, in your home, all talking to you at the exact same time. And one's trying to show you pictures of her vacation, and one is trying to show you recipes, and one is telling you their opinion on politics and blah, 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 right? And they're doing this all at the very same time. That would never happen in real life. But yet that's what happens when we go on the internet. We have like all these people practically talking to us at the exact same time. And we can't possibly take it all in. And they're not just talking to us. Sometimes they're, you know, making negative comments or whatever, and then it's causing us to feel whatever, or they're showing us pictures, or they're showing us articles or recipes or whatever it is. It's like our brains really cannot comprehend it all. And I really feel like, what happened to the old days? What happened to the old days when you, you know, you saw people and you caught up with them in real life, you picked up the phone and you found out how their week was. Now we're seeing in real time what everybody's doing all the time. It's so much to comprehend. It's so much that it's, it's just mental overload. So think about that, you know, do I really need to have everybody talking to me all at once? So I would encourage you to take a fast from the noise. The next thing you can do to simplify right now, we're on number eight, is to do a kind deed. Do a kind deed and do it anonymously. Not because you want to be noticed, but because of the act of kindness itself. When you do that, it takes your focus off of your own needs and, you know, the feeling of giving will fill you with more joy than any material item could bring. I would encourage you, try it. Do a good deed, 
not because you want the accolades for it, not because you want the thanks or the praise. You don't even want anyone to know you did it. And I'm telling you, that brings you such satisfaction and joy because that's true humility and that's what the Bible tells us how we should live. And that's a true act of love. Again, the way the Bible tells us to live. So just try it and you will see that will satisfy your soul more than any material thing you could bring in the house. Okay, number nine on a way to live simply right now is to make a recipe from scratch. Now, you'll probably hear that and say, that's not simple. How does that make my life simple, right? I can go and find all these recipes that are quick and easy, and and they don't have to be made from scratch. And we want simple and fast and convenient. I did a podcast episode about that a few years back as well, about is, you know, convenient... Uh, what did I say? Something about is our like culture of convenience really more simple? Um, so I'll link to that in, in the webpage. But um, when I say make a recipe from scratch, do that and do it slowly. And and I know it sounds you know counteractive, like that doesn't make sense. But sometimes the act of slowing down and not rushing through something actually helps us to appreciate simplicity. You know, make a recipe without rushing through it or just to get it done. Because a lot of times I know for me when I cook, it's really just to get it done. But when you stop and slow down and you make it from scratch and you don't take the shortcuts, you kind of appreciate the steps. You appreciate the process. You appreciate doing something that is worthwhile. And You know, slowing down helps us to realize just how much of a fast-paced world we live in complicates things. So just enjoy the act and enjoy the work of the task. And then I encourage you to invite a friend over and enjoy whatever it is that you made from scratch. All right, number 10 ways to keep it simple. Keep a journal. I would encourage you to keep a journal. I love keeping a journal. You don't need a fancy journal. You don't need to journal in any specific way. Bullet journal, this journal, that journal. A a, a notebook will suffice. A notebook and a pen (laughs) will suffice, right? But write down the things that you are thinking and write them slowly. And take time, I know this sounds silly, but take time to really like write them slowly and beautifully. Don't rush through it. Don't abbreviate everything. Don't, you know, just write slowly and beautifully and um, write down your thoughts, your prayers. You know why? Because it helps slow your mind down. It helps you to stop racing so that you can focus. And I love keeping a journal just for the fact that I can go back and read it later. I always say keeping a journal isn't for you necessarily right now, but your future self will thank you. Because often you'll go back and you'll read and you'll see where you were at at one particular time in your life and how God has worked. So I encourage you to write in a journal and write slowly and take your time and enjoy the act of writing. All right, next, number 11. Invite a friend over. If you want to live more simply, if you want to live more simply, invite a friend over and don't worry about making a fancy spread. Just invite them over to invite them over. I've talked about hospitality versus entertaining. I have a podcast episode about that as well. Um, Forget that Pinterest even exists. 
go the old-fashioned route of just enjoying each other's company and not the fluff of a perfect spread or fancy tableware because God wants us to focus on relationships, not outside appearances. You know, we complicate things and we make them not simple when we think that inviting people over has to be a certain way. We're just adding complication to our lives because we think, well, I'll invite them over, but I have to make something or I have to buy something or I have to have the perfect decor. Just invite them over because you want to connect with somebody, not because you want to practice entertaining, but hospitality. There's a big difference. All right, number 12. If you want to simplify right now, write someone a letter, not an email. Don't type it out. Not a text. No, I want you to write a letter with pen and paper, right? Take the time to appreciate someone and just tell them so. There doesn't even have to be a big reason for the letter, you know? Just take some time to, like I said, slow down and um, think about somebody that you can encourage or that you could um, just, you know, say, hey, how are you doing? And just write a letter. All right, number 13. Here's a really practical tip. This isn't really a spiritual one, but a practical tip if you want to simplify right now. Don't even let junk mail come in the house. You know, this is almost like with the internet, like don't let the junk in your mind. But really, don't let junk mail in the house. Head straight to the recycling bin from the mailbox and throw it away before it even comes in the house and clutters up your desk. Because so often, clutter creates stress. And a lot of that clutter is meaningless. And a lot of this junk mail comes in, it sits around, it makes piles, especially catalogs. Now, seed catalogs are coming in our house these days because we're getting ready for the garden. That's a different story. (laughs) But I remember years ago, I would get, you know, the Pottery Barn catalogs and the house catalogs, and I just had to stop and throw them away because what they did was they created in my mind stress. It was like I started to covet everything in the catalogs. And I remember the year that my daughter, it was so funny, she was into American Girl dolls and she would get that catalog in the mail. And you know, the things in there are like $200 and, you know, for like the American Girl doll bed or something. And of course she wanted everything in the catalog and I remember when she started to do that the catalog came and she was just like mom just throw it out I don't even want to see it and I was like oh wise girl but yeah I mean just throwing the junk mail out before it even comes in will create less stress all right number 14 if you want to simplify your life right now plan your meals plan your meals. It's such an easy thing. And I'm not talking about the planning of the meals with like a big system or with, uh, you know, the where you make like 50 meals in one day for the month. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about easy peasy meals. Like your family just wants to eat. They really don't care if you're making Pinterest perfect recipes. And um, I have a whole podcast actually about that one as well. Um, I will try to link that in this uh, webpage. But If you could just sit down for like 30 to 60 minutes a month or just a few minutes really a week, I always do this. I just look at the calendar and I plan our meals and our meals are always simple and they're usually very much the same every week. We're boring, but we like the meals they make, so it doesn't matter. But you know, it's like soup one day, tacos or Mexican. We have themes usually, you know, pasta, I'll change up the sauces or the kinds of pasta, you know, 
crock pot one day. Um, I used to make different crock pot meals. You know what I do now? I just make plain chicken in the crock pot once a week. And then everybody can doctor it up how they want. Some want barbecue sauce. Some want it plain. Some want another kind of, you know, topping with it. You can add salsa to it. Like you can just make it plain and then everybody can kind of doctor it up their own way. So I will look at the calendar and I'll say, these are the days we're home this week. These are the days I have more time to cook. These are the days we're busy. That's the day we're getting leftovers. Just taking a few minutes um, to plan will simplify your life immensely because you're not running around at four o'clock like what's for dinner. All right. Um, the next one is um, volunteer. I promise you, if you volunteer and take your like take the focus off yourself and on others that is a huge help um, in simplifying your life and you're going to be like but Karen my life is so complicated and my schedule is so busy I don't have time to volunteer but did you hear what you just said there right and I'm saying this because I said I've said this myself like oh but I'm so busy I don't have time to take on one more thing but then if you look at the things you're busy with I bet there's something you could take out of there and swap it for volunteering. It doesn't have to be like, you know, every week, every day. It could be once in a while, once a month or whatever it is. But I promise you, when you take the focus off of yourself and onto others, it will help you to live more simply again because you're focusing on things that matter, of eternal perspective, of relationship building, on serving, and it really does make a difference. All right, next thing you can do to simplify your life right now, this is a no-brainer, read your Bible. <laughs> but you guys know that I um, have always said to read your Bible in the morning, first thing before any other words cross your eyes, let God's word cross your eyes. It doesn't have to be a big Bible study in the morning. Read a verse something, read a chapter, a verse, anything before you go and open your email, open your texts, open Facebook or whatever it is, before any other thoughts start to creep in, um, seek him first and everything else falls into place. Let no words before your eyes until his word is before your eyes. And then of course, throughout the day, I would encourage you though, to take the time to get in God's word more deeply and to study it. However that looks for you, um, to study his word and to really connect with him. All right. Next one. If you want to live more simply right now, choose to have less stuff, but to do more real life things, right? So choose to spend your money, not on buying things, but maybe on experiences. And you know what? It doesn't even have to be costly. You can do things for free. And guess what? Now you're, it's like you're making money because you didn't spend on stuff and you didn't spend on experiences, you're doing things for free. Whether it's just, you know, going for a walk with your kids at the park, going to the playground, rather than, you know, shopping for things, go visit an elderly friend, go, you know, visit someone, um, go help someone, go serve somewhere, um, try a no spend challenge. Have you ever done that? I really want to do that one day. And if I do, I know I'll be blogging about it. But trying a no spend challenge just for a month, like, you know, choose to not bring stuff into your home. And every time you feel the need to go spend, you know, spend it. I don't want to say spend the money, like spend the time or spend the effort or, you know, instead of buying something, invest that eternally 
Invest that in a person. Invest that in going and doing something in real life rather than just bringing stuff in the house that probably isn't needed. So choose to have less stuff and do more things. All right, then I would encourage you, if you want to live simply and you can do something right now to do that, is open up your calendar and pick one day, whether it's one day in the week or what one day in the month or whatever it is, that you have no commitments, that it is a day that you're just going to block out. Block it out like you would, like you had the most important meeting or the most important whatever it is. And let that day be empty. And you will have that day to kind of recollect your thoughts and, you know, do things that you say you have no time to do or spend more time in his word that day, whatever it is. Pick one day. If we can schedule everything else in our lives, we can schedule a day where we have no other commitments. And lastly, if you want to simplify right now, pray. (laughs) That's easy, right? Pray. Ask God to transform you. Listening to a podcast won't transform you. Reading a book about simplifying won't transform you. You know, um, reading a blog, listening to me, none of those things are going to transform you. I can encourage you and I can point you to the one who can transform you. But nothing else can transform you like he can. So pray. If you feel that you're overwhelmed with clutter, if you feel that you want to simplify but you don't know where to begin, then I ask you to simply pray and trust the one who created you to live a life that is going to be um, lived for him, lived for things of purpose, lived intentionally for things that matter with an eternal perspective, and get rid of the worldly things that are bogging you down. But ask God for help. He alone is the one who can transform you. So I hope that you would um, feel that these encouraged you, these these, um, tips on living more simply, things that you can do right now, right? So many of us are overwhelmed. We're like, well, I'll start next week. There's no reason to start next week. There are small things that you can do right now every single day. And it starts with you really just changing your perspective. Remember, the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire him, the less we will naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it will be to live more simply. So if this encouraged you, let me know, comment wherever you're seeing this on the Facebook page or on the um, on the blog. And if you have tips to share, I would love to hear them. So share them with me. I just wanted to remind you that uh, starting next month, I'll be speaking at the Teach Them Diligently conventions. Um, I'll be in Arkansas in March. In April, I'll be in Waco, Texas. In May, I'll be in Denver, Colorado. I'm going to share the link for those as well. I would love to see you there. I have some new content this year to speak at the homeschooling conventions, and I'm so excited to um, meet many, many homeschooling families this spring. So please check those out. You can find out all the information at teachthemdiligently.net. And also, we are planning our first ever Simply Living for Him uh, no-filter women's event this fall. We are targeting the month of September for our first event, so there will be more information on that soon. So I hope you're having a good week. Remember to um, keep your eyes focused on Jesus. And until the next time, I wish you blessings and joy.